Hey everybody, it is Drags, Mike Petralia back with the latest installment of the Jungle Roar podcast. My pleasure to welcome back Jay Morrison of The Athletic. He does a fabulous job covering all things Bengals in the National Football League. You can follow him on Twitter at Jay Morrison, A-T-H, all one word. Both of us, Jay, have uh, seen the Gulf side of the state of Florida in the last month. How was your trip last week? Uh, it was fantastic. I, I I mentioned on our podcast earlier today that 26-year-old Jay was having a hell of a time until about <laughs> Thursday, and then 56-year-old Jay showed up, and yeah, the last couple of days, it, it worked out good, because we uh, on Friday, we drove two and a half hours to Miami to see the Reds and Marlins. I, I, I took the bullet. I said, I'll drive. No alcohol at all on Friday. Uh, needed to dry out a little bit. And uh, it was mm -hmm. great. We saw a great game. Uh, first time I'd been to that stadium. And uh, yeah, really, really enjoyable trip. So, uh, you know, the bit of trivia, of course, I'm sure you know this, uh, that uh, stadium sits on the same blueprint as. Is it uh, Joe Robbie or is that still old... standing? That's hard. No, to the, rock, right? Yeah. The old orange bowl. You ah. were at the site of the, or you were at the site of the old Orange Bowl uh, in Miami. So just to give you an idea, um, I'm judging off the picture that you tweeted from the right field. Is that where your seats were? Uh, that's where we started. Yes. Okay. So to your right, beyond the left field uh, wall, if you go uh, back that way, would have been the open end of the Orange Bowl. And okay. if you kept going, um, that is toward the Atlantic, toward Miami and uh, Miami Beach and towards the Atlantic Ocean. To your left would have been the closed end of the horseshoe of the old Orange yeah. Bowl. And Yeah, I'm into 70s uh, stadiums quite a bit, Jay, as probably know by now. And I just think um, that that uh, building sitting on the, the same site as the old Orange Bowl brings back memories for me anyway. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I didn't realize that was the case. And I'm kind of surprised. I was I guess I didn't, I never, I didn't watch enough Marlins games on TV. I was surprised how close it was to the airport and the constant planes going mm -hmm. overhead. And I, you captured I one in your photo. I, I did. Yes. Accidentally. <laughs> I didn't mean to, uh, um, but uh, I did, I didn't remember that from, I've, I've never been to the orange bowl, but I've watched many, many games there. And I just never, you know, you think of Shea stadium and, and some other places where yes. it's noticeable, the, the, the planes always going overhead, never noticed that. So I, I, yeah, I had no idea that that was the same site. Well, on to modern day national football league news yes. and your Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow spoke for the first time in the off season to us as a group. And uh, he was obvious. And that was on Tuesday at Paycor stadium. And the uh, mm -hmm. obvious issue of his contract status came up and I thought he handled it as you would expect Joe Burrow to handle anything very smoothly, not overstating anything. Um, but I think in what he said, he's intent on getting a deal done and he maintained his philosophy that he, look, he's not to get out to get every single dime he can get. He knows that if he wants to win in the national football league, He's going to get a good deal, a very good deal. He's going to be an incredibly rich man, but he's got to leave money over for the team to use on other stars to keep them around. Yeah, I thought that was notable because it's it's been speculated that that he would take less. And I, I think T and or Jamar kind of intimated that at during their media rounds at the Super Bowl. That's the first time we'd heard it from Joe. That that yes, he 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 is wants to do his best for himself and the team and that's 
I mean, you wouldn't expect anything less from Joe, but um, mm-hmm. I, I, I thought that was really telling. And, and the other part of it that, that struck me and, and for, for clarity purposes or full disclosure, I was not in there for that. Neither uh, was Paul, I for full yeah. disclosure purposes. <laughs> uh, Paul Daner went ahead. in for Burrow and I went in and worked the locker room because having two of us, we have that benefit. Everybody else, I was the only media member in the locker room when the rest of them came in. Um, but I, I read the transcript from, from after it finished. And then this morning I went back and I watched the, cause sometimes it, you lose some context and just reading. So I wanted to actually see how sure. Joe responded to the questions. And I thought it was telling that, that, that he said, yes, I'm involved. I mean, so many times, the, obviously these guys don't like to talk about the details of their contracts and that's their fallback is oh, I'll let my agent handle that. And and they don't want to say too much. And, and Joe came right out and said, yes, I am involved. And, and I don't know that he's driving the discussions, but it's, he's playing a bigger part of it. I think than maybe a lot of guys are that just want to wash their hands of it. And I, I think that's important because, you know, you leave it. So the agents get a cut of this. And so they, they're, that's their job to get the most money possible for their clients and then for themselves as well. And, and Joe being involved and in saying, yeah, I, I, it getting the most money possible is not his number one priority. He's going to get the money one way or the other, but you can structure it in certain ways that you're going to be able to keep these guys together. And um, I think T talking yesterday was Mm -hmm. a a good sign too, that, that maybe there's some confidence there that he is going to get a deal done. He easily could have finished his shower and been out of there before the media got out of Joe's session. And and he didn't, he would be, took his time and media asked him to talk and he did. And that's the first time we'd heard from T. So it was, it was a, it was a pretty, uh, pretty big day yesterday with T and it was the first time we'd heard from Jamar. We hadn't heard from any of those guys um, since the, since the AFC championship game lost. So uh, very, very interesting stuff coming out of the locker room yesterday. So with T and I, and I want you to compare and contrast what it meant for T to be there. I was going to talk a little bit more and I will get back to Joe Burrow in a moment, Mm. but with T Higgins talking on Tuesday, compare and contrast what the situation was with Jesse Bates, because Jesse Bates, understandably last year um, would not sign his uh, franchise tender until the, the last moment, until it was absolutely positively required. And he would, he got on the field. I don't think there was ever any sense that, uh, he was going to hold out and not play in the season, but certainly he didn't, he was not a full, he wasn't a participant in the off season program and, you know, training camp for a good while. Whereas T Higgins, uh, and I think Paul Daner asked this, I know Richard Skinner uh, asked this of local 12. Um, you don't have to be here T. Why are you here? And and what's your read on that? Um, I, I think it just kind of, it speaks to the culture that they've, that they've built uh, here where, the guys like being around each other. They, they, T said it, he loves football. I mean, he, that that's what they look for is guys that love the process of football, not just what football can bring them. And they like being together and they like working out. And, um, you know, he, he said, I, I could work out for free here or, you know, it's not like it's going to cost him a ton of money to work somewhere else, but it was just, it was, that part was interesting. And then the other part of that is, I mean, it's, it's smart for these guys to do that because if they don't show up, they're still working out. 
And if you get injured working out away from the team facility, the team doesn't have to pay you. And you're really putting yourself at more risk by not showing up. So um, that's a great point, Jay. (laughs) Yeah. And and I thought, I thought it was, it was telling that, that he talked, not just, not that he's just there and being with his team, but just to, to have that confidence. And, and he smiled, he was very engaging through the whole interview. And um, we saw that from Logan Wilson a couple of weeks ago and, you know, and Joe Burrow to a lesser degree, Joe Burrow is required to, to, to go up there and and give a press conference. T and Logan were not, um, and I and I think back to to the last year with Jesse was kind of a different because it was a franchise tag thing. This isn't a franchise tag with, with right. T. You you look back two years ago with Jesse when it was just a matter of trying to get an extension done. That was more of the the apples to apples comparison, but that was the weird coming off of COVID, and we were at the the whim of the Bengals, whoever they wanted to put on a podium in front of us, right. and they just never put Jesse in front. Jesse may have very well wanted to talk. But the the locker room wasn't open at that point, and the Bengals never put, made him available until they he went on the the team podcast. So um, it is it is a totally different situation, and it, it's you know it's it's Joe Logan T. None of them have a deal. They're all here working. Joe Mixon's got the weird situation he's in with you know probably going to have to take a pay cut and the, the aggravating menacing thing. He's been here since day one. And you're really the only guy that's out is Jonah Williams, and he's expected to be here for mandatory minicamp. So I, I think it says a lot about the the individuals that are doing this, but also about the collective team and the chemistry of that locker room that these guys want to be together and they want to get better and they they want to take that next step to finally win a Super Bowl. I wrote about this, Jay, on, on CLNS Media, but the message that Burrow conveyed, I think, in his press conference yesterday, one of the significant messages anyway, he conveyed a lot, obviously, uh, over 15 or 16 minutes. But one of the messages that caught me and the reason I decided to write about it was the fact that um, we know what it takes to win. We know what it takes to get there, but every detail in the offseason matters. And we all have to work together on those details to make sure that we get back to where we want to be and win it all. To me, that's what you want to hear from a, a franchise quarterback. That's what exactly, Jay, you want to hear from a guy you're going to pay more money than you have ever paid anyone in your franchise's history. Yeah, I thought it was a really interesting point. I think it was it, it might have even been the final quote of Joe's press conference when he was talking about the importance of the offseason. And it's they're not installing the offense right now. This is almost like a, a time for experimentation where, yes, they're running the stuff they run, but right. he he can work on different arm angles. He could, you know, it's you, you think, okay, three-step drop, this happens, then you have to do this. And he's like, the NFL doesn't work like that. Sometimes you have to go a different way. And and he's got this amazing recall where you you could see him immediately in a game in November flashing back to an OTA practice in May and and recognizing something and and saw something that worked in a in a practice in shirts and shorts and and, and go to it. So um it is it is important for these guys to be together. They've we talk all the time about the continuity and and how they 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 know the offense like the back of their hand because they've been with these coaches for so long. But but schemes and those they evolve and it it does it it it's important for these guys to to put the time in on the field. Jamar said that chemistry with Joe is never going to go away. It's not it's not like you have to reestablish it 
every off season, but you can build on it and, and you can make it better. And that's, that's kind of his goal where he, he wanted to do more football stuff during the, the phase one of the off season, because all the guys here were doing is basically calisthenics and lifting. And he wanted to do more football stuff. And then when they get into the football stuff this week, he shows up because it's important. These guys really do value every little piece that, that leads up to the season. I just think if your best player is setting the standard and and setting the model for the setting the examples what i'm yeah. trying to say setting the example for the rest of the team to follow then that's a powerful powerful message i mean it's what it was in in new england for all those years it's what it was in indianapolis and denver with peyton manning if your best player is your best preparer you're good to go because everybody else in the room knows they better meet that standard of not only physically working but working on the X's and O's. And I think, you know, we can expect to see that from the Bengals. I, Jay, think that's one, the coaching staff is one aspect of it, but the fact that the players work so hard to get into the playbook every single week uh, and, you know, all the time in the off season, that's a big part of their success over the last two years. Yeah. And the flip side of that is it's what really kind of held this team back when Zach took over, where a lot of those older Marvin Lewis veterans that were, used to being coddled a little bit and, and not having to go as hard in practice is, is what Zach wanted everybody to do when he got here. I mean, he had to turn that locker room over. He, it wasn't that the, yes, some of those guys were getting older and getting on the downside of their career, but the buy-in wasn't there. Yes, and and that's what really kind of held them back. And, you know, Carlos Dunlap kind of being the, the poster child for that. And um, it is, it, it's absolutely, you got Joe Burrow, T Higgins, you got all these guys that are the leaders on the team, Joe Mixon, even uh, that are here and working right now. I mean, you, you got a room full of rookies in there right now, and they're looking at these guys for leadership and examples and what better place to look than those guys. We're looking at the Baltimore situation uh, from about whatever, 500 miles away, 450 miles away. And it's different. It is the way it comes off in the national media is a lot different when Lamar Jackson fresh from signing his new deal is not and understood it's voluntary, but is not at their quote unquote football school. There's a different message there. No, don't you think? Yeah, there is. I mean, I, I honestly being on vacation, I wasn't aware that he wasn't there, but that that's striking. I mean, yes, you, it is. You, you've got, you've got a brand new number one receiver in OBJ. I mean, you, and I don't know if he's there or not either, but yeah, you, you, you want that leader there. Um, he may not need that time. He may not need the reps, but you you want him there to to start building the chemistry and the camaraderie. I mean, how many times do you hear teams say that 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 the the key? Yes, you need talent and coaching, but it has to be a connected locker room that to really yes. take the team over yep. the top. And that, that you don't just show up for training camp and have that turn that switch on. This is this is the time when that's built. This is when you have way more free time to sit around and and and. I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss on this, shoot the bull, let's say that. Yes, and, yeah. But you know, that's, that's, that's where teams are built and it is important. It, it, it every, they do this stuff for a reason. It's, it's not like they, they it, we we're paying you, we expect you to show up. They, they bring these guys in, in the off season for a very specific reason. And only part of it is football. And as we wrap up here on Joe Burrow, we, I would be remiss on this podcast if I didn't highlight what he did uh, for 20 families uh, being mm -hmm. supported at Cincinnati Children's Hospital, uh, the news breaking this week. 
Um, it's a tremendous story that he is offering financial assistance to acquire mental health for those families uh, dealing with children who are being treated at Children's Hospital. People, you know, we both have kids. We uh, understand what it is, what the, the pressures are of, of having kids. And sometimes, you know, they need medical attention and the strain that puts on a family for the for the Joe Burrow Foundation to acknowledge that and offer real assistance and not say we're going to offer it to one or two or three people mm -hmm. say, look, we can't choose who are the most qualified. Let's do it for as many people as we can. And as many people turned out to be 20 families. I do think there is something to the Joe Burrow vibe in terms of his generosity in the community. I think he's fully committed, bought in, and that's, this is a way of him showing it. Yeah, I mean, you see a lot of times these guys they'll 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 put their name on a foundation, but then they just kind of turn it over to a director and they'll show up to an event or two a right. year. But you you can tell, you can tell by the way he was talking yesterday that he's very involved. He knows what's going on. He's making decisions and and I thought it was really interesting too that he they were talking about um kind of getting in a rhythm and and knowing the 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 ins and outs of the off season. And he said that, yes, he, he, he knows what is, what is needed in the off season. He knows what's needed during the season. And then he said, in these OTAs, you kind of figure out your schedule and it frees you up to do some of these things that you really enjoy. And, and that, when he said that he was referencing working with his foundation, it's not going fishing, not going to UFC fights, that kind of, I mean, he enjoys that too, but it, this, the, that question came in the vein of the, of the foundation and he, he he listed it as something he enjoys not just something that he slaps his name on and yes it could still help somebody but he he digs in and he's a big part of it let's move back to uh, t higgins for a moment one of the t higgins quotes from tuesday that stood out to me jay morrison of the athletic covering the cincinnati Bengals, was his quote about charlie jones saying that he is always, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he is always in the playbook. He is always working hard. He's one of the fastest guys out there that he's that he's seen. Mm -hmm. You couldn't ask anything more from a rookie than that. Yeah. To me, for a guy who has his own contractual issues that he's trying to resolve off the field mm -hmm. and you see the team go out and draft a, a receiver now granted charlie jones may be more competition uh down the road for tyler boyd than t higgins i get yeah, that sure but still the point of t higgins being aware of another receiver who's just new to the organization and making that kind of compliment welcoming him into the brotherhood of the wide receivers, which is obviously a very tight and highly accomplished group to me means a lot. Yeah, it does. And you know, it was not that long ago that T was in that position. So I'm sure he still has fresh memories of that, of how difficult it is. And you could see why he would appreciate, I mean, the, the, the caveat of that is it's been two days. I mean, it's been two days that T uh, and Charlie. Had, yeah, right. Sure. But, but it, you, it, you're still, you're setting a tone and he's seeing that from Charlie and, um, it, it was interesting yesterday. I'm sure Charlie, he gets his locker. He's like, oh, this is pretty cool. I'm right next to Jamar Chase and T's a couple right. lockers down. And then yesterday there's a million media members around T and Jamar and Charlie couldn't even get to his locker. Uh, so that he probably was maybe second guessing how cool that was to be next to those guys. But what better spot for him than to, to come in and, and 
be able to work with with a Jamar Chase and a T Higgins. And you know, if if you're a fourth round pick, yeah, you better be in that playbook. It, nothing's guaranteed yes. at that point. And Correct. um it is. It's it's a very, very good sign. And it's it is also a good sign. Uh, Burrow referenced it too. He talked about how much these rookies are engaged and invested and and they see that already. So for for veterans to recognize, it's one thing, it's great for the rookies to do it, but then for veterans to see it and recognize it, it it's just, it's another thing that's going to have legs into the season. I'm going to read the quote because I, I want to do it justice. T. Higgins said, man, he's fast. He's on top of it in meeting rooms. You can't ask for a better rookie than that. He's coming off. Uh, coming in on top of his stuff and doing what he needs to do to get on the field. Hopefully he keeps being the guy he is and keeps producing on the field. That way he can get some run come game time. T Higgins. I, I, I found that to be a very powerful quote, Jay. And yeah. Was... And it's, it's important to know too, because the, a lot of times what the Bengals were the only team in the league that did a one day rookie mini camp. These other guys, these other teams, they have them come in and, and they're force feeding these guys a lot of stuff. The Bengals mm -hmm. said, come in, run around on the field for an hour, do some exercise, maybe catch a couple passes. They didn't ask a lot of them in terms of learning the offense to be ready for rookie camp. So for them to come in for day one of phase two of the off season on Monday and Charlie to be in that position, it, it wasn't something he had to do it was just something like T said, he was on top of it. He took it upon himself to really dive in. What did you think of uh, Jamar chase? Uh, his comments on Tuesday, uh, his, you know, acknowledgement that Joe Burrow winning is everything to Joe, you know, everything else is kind of secondary. He knows he wants to get paid and all of that, mm -hmm. but uh, Jamar chase seemed uh, to be right there on, on, on the same page and simpatico with T Higgins and, and Joe Burrow, it, it it seemed like a very much uh, kumbaya, feel good type of environment inside the Bengals locker room, and I think that's a hell of a way to start uh, phase two of off season. Yeah, so just a little uh, kind of an inside look at the, how this happened, where all the media were in the room in the news conference room waiting on Joe, and I was in the locker room waiting on on T and Jamar to see if either one of them would talk. And they finally come in. I went up to Jamar, and and he said, you know, no media today. And I, I was like, well, you're not required to, but you, if you want to talk, you can. It's like, we're here and everybody else is in with Burrow. So if you want to talk and he's like, there's no media today. And I was like, yeah, we're here. It's, it's, it's Monday in phase one. It's Tuesday in phase two. And he and, right. he and T looked at each other with these wide eyes and, and T's like, we better get our showers and get out of here quick. Uh, Cause they, they knew that the meat, the scrum was going to be coming from the Joe Burrow presser. And neither one of them did it. I mean, Jamar talked to me one-on-one -on -one for about five minutes, and then he ran to get his shower. But by the time they got out of the shower, the media was in there, and both of them stood there and answered questions happily. For Jamar, it was a lot of the same stuff he had already answered with me. He easily could have said, I've already talked today. I've done my right. – and he could have left. And then T could have said, uh, you know, appreciate you guys, but uh, don't want to talk today. And he could have walked out. And and they didn't. They stood there and they talked. And um, it was, it was, there was this kumbaya uh, sense to it where, you know, they, they, they know they're not going to get grilled. So it's not going to be a difficult thing, but it's still, when you're talking about money and contracts, it's just, yeah. even when I asked Jamar about it, what's that? It can, it can get sticky. The conversations yeah. like that can, you can always make the mistake of saying the wrong thing mm -hmm. that gets taken out of context, or you say something in frustration that you meant fully in context, yeah. but either way, those things can turn poorly quickly. 
And just the fact that the guys were relaxed and, you know, when they did talk, I thought they spoke from their heart. That's the one thing, Jay, I don't know if you agree with me on this or not, but every time they do speak, I think it's mostly from the heart and I think it's mostly Mm -hmm. sincere. And yeah, there's some cliche uh, in everything and any athlete's going to say to a, a reporter. But for the most part, I think it's it's free of cliche, and I think they speak from the heart most of the time. Yeah, and I think it goes back to what you were talking about before, where they they follow the leader. I mean, Joe Burrow he doesn't he doesn't talk a lot, but when he does, he's 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 very open. He's very honest with his comments uh, on the defensive side. DJ Reader, Sam Hubbard, the leaders on mm-hmm. this team, Ted Karras, they welcome the media. They they embrace them. They, they give good answers and they, they do the media. There's no jerks that run away and hate interviews. And um, I, I think that these guys are T and Jamar are young. They're, they're, you know, still thir- going in the fourth year, going in their third year. And they've just kind of followed that lead of, you know, what, if, if, Joe is okay to talk to these guys, then we should be okay to talk to these guys too. By the way, uh, I want to give you some props here um, on your piece uh, today, Wednesday from Tuesday's work uh, inside the Bengal locker room. Bengals benefiting from stars volunteering to put work over contract talks, essentially what we've been talking about the last yeah. 25 minutes. Uh, but um, in your story, you you kind of refer to what you just told me, and that is uh, Chase initially said no media today, and then you work through him and uh, props to you to get him to talk. And uh, any big takeaways from before the scrum began, the one-on-one that you did with Jamar? Yeah, I was talking. He was talking about that. What we, what I mentioned earlier about how he, he did this this work away from the team to to he was really focused on getting in and out of his breaks and and his releases and the football stuff. And then he talked about how excited he is to to move around more in this offense. And okay. I was like, well, you know, the first time we really saw that a lot was the Buffalo playoff game. Was that fun for you? And he said, yeah, he had a blast and he wants to do more of it. And he said, the interesting thing is, you know, if I move around, that means other guys are moving around. And he's like, T doesn't like being in the slot, but I'm trying to convince him that, that he can really be good. And they're not a lot, but you put him in there at times, create some routes for T in the slot. And it can really just open up this offense. And when he said that, I was thinking back, he was a, 2018 the the Bengals they they played a Thursday night game against the the Ravens in week two it was their home opener and AJ Green who he played in the slot a little but not a lot uh mm-hmm. he caught three touchdowns in the first 17 minutes of that game I remember three that he came out yep. of the slot and it's like oh you, I didn't know that yeah you think about that it's like that that is yeah, T doesn't like to do it but I'm sure he's not going to say no and just hearing Jamar talk about you know the way they're already kind of crafting this offense to move guys around. You've got the new piece with Charlie Jones figure. He'll be in the slot a lot TV, obviously, but you start, you, you start moving them around and like they did a lot with Jamar, just bringing him in motion into the backfield or starting him in the backfield and moving him out. All attention is on Jamar. So you start moving him around and that just, that just flusters a defense and you've got guys that can play all over the place. Um, I, I thought that was really interesting that, that he is totally on board with doing more of that. Anything else you're working on, Jay? Uh, to be honest, uh, not much. We're <laughs> it's the off season, and yeah. I, I don't have. I, I've got uh, a few things planned down the road, but uh, right now, just uh, trying to get my my feet back on the ground from vacation and uh, getting ready for next Tuesday's. You trip look refreshed, down. may I add? Oh, you thanks. look refreshed, Jay. 
it, it was, was very it, refreshed and ready to get back at it. Yeah, it was good to get in the locker room yesterday. You know, you get back from vacation and then it's like, I, I got back Saturday night and then Sunday's Mother's Day. And then Monday was like a second Mother's Day because we did one mom on Sunday and then another mom on Monday. Oh, and nice. and then you, you you dive in on Tuesday and um, it is, it's, it's a game changer when that, I think that's why companies pay for vacation because they know you come back refreshed and energized and, and ready to go. Well, uh, I look forward to reading everything that you're working on, as I always do, uh, on The Athletic uh, regarding the Cincinnati Bengals. You and your colleague, uh, Paul Daner Jr., do an amazing job. I think everybody knows that by now. But uh, I just want to I just want to give you your props and uh, also thank you for uh, joining me on this podcast today. Sure. We covered a lot of material. I think it's going to be uh, a fascinating couple of weeks leading up to the dark period in late June you know, early to mid-July. I think there's going to be a lot of interesting storylines to follow, especially with the rookies. That's, you know, mm-hmm. always the case. Uh, and which rookies, you know, might make a charge uh, for, you know, starting job or two with the Bengals. Yeah, that was kind of one of the, my points yesterday too, was just I since I missed the, the week before to try to go around and introduce myself to as many rookies as possible. And uh, you're right, there's a there's a lot of interesting angles. I, I I don't know that we're going to see a Joe Burrow extension until probably closer to camp. I think he's going to just, wait out Justin Herbert and go over the top of him. And But I do, I do think it's going to happen before the first practice of training camp. Do you think T gets done? I don't know. That's, I mean, it, it yesterday kind of leads me to believe that that maybe there's some conversations going on that they're going to try to get it done he seems so relaxed and confident and um it's hard to do it's hard to you know because you you haven't paid jamar yet but you know you're going to and to to the idea of sinking that much money into three guys and then you've also got orlando brown making all that money it's it's going to be tough to do but you trust any team with the cap and managing that kind of thing that the Bengals are really good at that I, i would agree and um, as we wrap up here, I just thought it was hilarious when T said, look, mom, because T Higgins mom was texting him and calling him and saying, is there a deal done? Because, you know, there was a, a rumor a couple of weeks ago about, mm-hmm. you know, a teal T Higgins uh, extension uh, is all but done and finished. And he's no, not quite. And uh, his mom texted him and said, is this true? And he texted her back and said, look, mom, there's a deal that gets done you'll be the first to know it, that that is funny but it's also not true because as soon as the deal's done the agents is going to leak it to either ian or yeah. Schefter, and it's going to be up there on twitter but yeah it was funny because it was i'm sure t was uh i don't know if annoyed's the right word but you, you see a report out there that a deal's done and you're not even close and you have to be scratching your head thinking what where did that come from Yes. Well, anyway, he is Jay Morrison, does a great job covering the Bengals for The Athletic. Follow him on Twitter at jmorrisonath. And uh, look forward to following your stuff, Jay. Very much appreciate it. Also follow him and Paul Daner Jr. They do a great job with their own podcast. Give that a little pub. How can people follow that? Yeah, hear that podcast, Growlin, uh, Spotify, um, Apple podcast, or just right on the athletic app. Um, we we just recorded our latest one this morning, so it should be dropping uh, Wednesday afternoon. All right. He's Jay Morrison. I'm Mike Petralia-Trags. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Jungle Roar podcast. <laughs>